What's up, world? It's your boy, The Bearded Brother, and it's season two of The Bearded Tastings, and I am excited about season two because you thought, and I thought season one, but then I started putting season two together, putting my guests together, and season two, this is the moment. You want to jump in on The Bearded Tastings before it's too late, um, but enough about that. Um, I have a fantastic guest. She's a great entrepreneur, a great partner, but even better great great person and i just had to get her on the show i've been tracking her down and we finally made it work so i'm super excited on this day to have her on here this is uh christiana Affete. hope i said the last name right you um, did you did yes yes, yes. <laughs> you nailed she it. is the owner of threads by dreads and so but yeah i was stressed about that name i was like i hope it's Affete because that's you what got it. was you got it. <laughs> so, thank you Thank you so much, Kramer. I really appreciate the uh, opportunity to come on and, and uh, share my story and be able to uh, to dive deeper into bearded tastings. It's definitely uh, something that I um, I'm excited about. So thank you for the opportunity. Good to be oh, here. Oh yeah, sure. And before I get started, I gotta crack open my beer. It's not a bearded tastings podcast. Oh please do without without. Come on. In hand. What are we talking about? Right. I was like, I, can I do this job? I don't know. <laughs> but. I'm starting off with a Memphis brewery okay. called Fallen Spirits. It's a new oh, wow. brewery out there. And this okay. is their IPA called Hoochie Coochie. An oh, wow. Another one. You there see it know. and you hear it. That's what I said. Okay. <laughs> least, I said what I said. It's Hoochie nice. Coochie. <laughs> <laughs> so. Wow. And that's out of Memphis, too. Yes. That's amazing. Come on now. Come on. Fresh crispness. Yes. Gotta love <laughs> an opening. That will... That gets my attention every time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pouring this bad boy up. But as I'm pouring this up, mm -hmm. Christiana, who are you? Um, what is Threads by Dreads and yeah. why did you create it? Man, first of all, thank you. So Threads by Dreads, who am I? I am the last of four um, children to Ghanaian parents. So I'm the only first gen um, Ghanaian American child. And I wanted to uh, to basically tie in my culture being Ghanaian, um, my heritage, uh, being from the Adangbe tribe, uh, being able to tie all that into the fact that I was born in New Jersey. And um, there's a little bit of some influences from Jersey in my clothing as well. So trying to make it into a modern African with a little bit of a, um, a nor'easter with a Ghanaian flavorful vibe, right? So um, the reason why I created Threads by Dreads was I simply just wanted a scarf, like a head wrap or a scarf actually, um, to just tie on and, and take to work or just, just wear anytime. So um, I basically did that and um, had it to where he had, um, you know, the traditional Angelina or traditional African print fabric. Showed it to my mom. Mom was like, hey, you know what? This is nice, but you can do something more than this. And I was like, you know what? You probably are right. But I'm not going to take this to the offense because I actually like the scarf. I'm fine with just having a scarf. But she was like, nah, take it higher. You know, do more. You actually can make a whole clothing line. So, and that is, that is the reason for why Threads by Dreads is what it is today. So, in addition to the apparel line, uh, we basically uh, came up, uh, we as in the Threads by Dreads Foundation, um, adopted a um, Mrs. Fidelia Adokale Mensa Scholarship Award in memory of her legacy, my mother. And now we have a, a living legacy right now for my dad, Seth uh, Mensa okay. Apote. And we have two scholarships right now. So we, we're doing pretty well with 
um, not asking for money, but still being able to support the mission of the foundation. I'm not good at yeah. asking for money at all. So I don't think anybody really is, uh, like, to, be, to be honest. I'm like, fundraiser, what is that? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> we are raising funds for, <laughs> but um, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, you know, to have a, an apparel line that gives back to the community, um, to students, high school students and, and college students in Ghana is, is basically what the mission is for the foundation. Yes, cheers to that. Dang, I should have got me something. Maybe like a little Oh yeah, get you some water. Bubbly oh, apple cider or something next time. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever helps you get through interviews, you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. That was good. Good move. I should have should have thought about that one. <laughs> no, nah, it's all good, but um that's a really cool story and something was interesting that you mentioned it was like your mom wanted you to take the scarf higher than what it was um and this is just um talking about i want to kind of get into like family dynamics of having an entrepreneur mm -hmm. burgeoning entrepreneur mm -hmm. in a Ghanaian family because mm -hmm. as you know it's very popular like you gotta be a doctor you gotta be a lawyer you gotta be something that is yeah. Straight down the line, you know where you can go with it. You know the yeah. success rate. Um, yeah. How was how impactful was that? Your mom saying like, "Take yeah. this far," rather than be like, "Yeah, no, why can't you I'm be actually, a doctor yeah. <laughs> or a lawyer or something that I know always works?" Yeah. So great question. So my fortunately for me and my my siblings, our parents were very. They're very conservative. We're not very, they are conservative. Um, but the thing was, they wanted us to, when we start something, complete it, finish it, but also challenge yourself to do more, to do, um, to take things to a higher level, right? Um, to have a bigger impact, so to speak. So I think the pressure wasn't on, but the pressure was on. Um, it wasn't on to be in the, you know, traditional engineer, lawyer, doctor setting. Right. But if I were to start college, she was like, uh uh, you're going to finish your school. Go and finish your bachelor's degree. I'm like, you know what? I don't think school is for me. You know, I just don't. So I took a break, went back to it, finished it, and I was like, okay, I'm glad that's done. So to to see that, you know what, having the dynamics of, of being an entrepreneur, we saw it. Like my brothers and I and my sister, we saw it every day. Right. Yes, mom and dad went to their day-to-day -day jobs, their nine to fives, but you better believe they also had businesses on the side as well too. So um, mom was, was also an importer of Ghanaian products as well too that she sold here in the United States. And dad was a, um, he's an architect. So he, he constantly is, is drawing up buildings, houses, and, and actually building them and making them come to fruition. So even though they had you know, nine to five jobs and, you know, working for the paycheck and getting those great benefits, they still were entrepreneurs. So of course, children see this, you know, me being the youngest, I'm seeing it and I'm, I'm taking in all of it, like soaking it all up like a sponge, right? And just, just seeing that my parents not only want us to be great at education, they don't want us to only be great at life, they want us to actually continue to also contribute to society. Like, what are we doing for our community? So, you know, in addition to running a business in addition to working their nine to five they also made sure that they they helped um their family and their um relatives back home in ghana so and, and also here in the united states as well too so yeah okay oh, that's yeah. awesome inevitable. And then how, 
Yeah, it's just, it's, <laughs> it was given to you. Like I'm the same way. My mom became oh, yeah. an entrepreneur because of her kids. She saw. Oh wow! And then yeah. she still does it now. Like she's killing That's it amazing. now. Even even with the Panda- Pandora's box going on, she's still right. killing it in her uh, organization. That's so amazing. I totally understand seeing that. That's so super awesome. Aww. Like. I, I totally understand like seeing your parents you're like I want to do that that yeah like yeah like that um and I thought it was really cool that like you're the first born sibling yeah in America like um does that help your relationship with your siblings at all like you'd be like oh I want to know what it was like being over there or absolutely. Like, like that absolutely to this day I still ask like what do I do in this situation? Like, you know, cause the fiance and I are talking about, you know, possibly having children and we're like, so what do we name our first child? What's, what's the middle first name look like? So, um, so it's just like, you know, some of the things that I may not have, um, known at an earlier age, I, I, I usually lean on them and say, Hey bro, Hey sis, what, what's the role? What, what, what do we do in this situation? And the good thing is having that village, you know, that, that I'm tapped into or connected, connected with makes a world of a difference because there's so many, so many de- deep traditions in, in Ghanaian history, right. so many deep and wide traditions in so many different tribes at top of that. So um, it, it, it definitely makes it sometimes a little um, complex, but it helps to have, you know, my siblings to help out with, with those questions that I may have from time to time. But it did make it weird when I was talking to them when I first, you know, I was like, hey, bro, because they were they were born back home in Ghana. So when I first met them, I was like, oh, y'all have accents. Oh, you know, <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> I'm over here speaking proper English. And these guys are like, hey, so Christy, how are you? I'm like, yo, I'm good. You know, like, it's so, it's so amazing. It's so beautiful. So it just... When, when we all became, because they eventually got their visas to come over to the United States. When they, they're they over landed, here now, not to cut yes. you off. Okay. Yes, 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 they're here. Um, two of my brothers in, are in New Jersey. My sister's in Chicago. So we're like okay. all over the place. Um, and, uh, you know, when we all got together in the house, it was just like, yo, mom, are you sure I'm Ooh, part lady. of this family? Like, <laughs> everybody got an accent but me. You know, <laughs> it's just. She corrected me. She's like, don't you ever in your life say anything like that. I gave back to you. I'm like, yeah, that's all I needed to know. Right, right. And was that <laughs> kind of your inspiration of learning God, the, your native yes. language, and being able to like have that deeper connection and feel Absolutely. like, even though you were born in Jersey, you're Absolutely. like, oh, I'm, I can still confidently say I'm from Ghana because I know the language and understand the culture and yes. things like that. Yes, absolutely. That all tied into it. And on top of that, whenever I did speak um, English in the house, my parents would speak back in Ghana, and I, w- I would be forced to learn and to respond back in Ghana as well. So it, it was a um, it was it was great. I loved it. I'm thankful they did that and, and showed me how um, to learn our language. So yeah, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then um, you mentioned Babe a couple times, so we gotta give give them a shout out. Um, mm-hmm that relationship and um mm-hmm. kind of speak on her and like what she do and how'd you guys meet and how did that she kind of come about and 
revealing to your parents. I'll let you make the big reveal because that's oh yeah. Style, but so, I think you're talking about fiance, right? Marquita. Fiance. That, yes. That's absolutely. It cut off the, the the network cut off whatever they did. But um so yeah, we met um doing some work in, in town for their school. I wanted to actually go and, and of course volunteer some services and be like, hey, I can come in and teach, talk to the kids about entrepreneurship in addition to social enterprise. Um, or just sewing, you know, or just talk to the kids about Ghana. Um, and um, that was our first initial, just like speak, sit down and talk to. We were already seeing people at the time. So it wasn't more like, oh, okay, we're, we're, it was for me to go and volunteer, talk to the children. And I want to say probably sometime later that year, she actually invited me to the Village Church um, in Madison um, okay. to come and speak to um, the, um, the members of their youth. Uh, classes in regards to um, one of the biblical stories that um, was tied into, um, I think her name was Lydia. I'm not really good at remembering this particular story that well at the Bible from the Bible. So God forgive your little goat. So um, yeah, either way, I was supposed to be representing this person in the Bible tied into the fact that they were also entrepreneurial. They're also giving back to the community. Um, so from there, we were, we were basically just, you know, talking fast forward to, um, African street festival. This is where the, the sparks flew off African street festival, 2018. Um, I saw her walking and she saw me walking, we were walking towards each other. Um, I was holding one of my, um, one of my uh, nephews, uh, to go get something to eat real quick and gave her a hug and was like, Hey, you know, how you doing? How's everything going? Great. You know? But I knew after the first hug, it was something different there. It felt, it felt beautiful. It was great. Um, it felt uh, organic, and it felt like it's something I never felt before. So um, fast forward probably three or four weeks later, um, you know, we were both going through relationship, and we were already single at the right time. So I was like, hey, you know what? Let's just keep talking. It felt good to talk and, and get to know each other. And um, at the time, I was still doing events up and down the interstate, literally pop-up events, but I was always in touch with her and talking and chatting it up and taking my dog Kofi on the road with me and hearing this little nigga in the background yelling at me and stuff. Great stuff. So, but yeah, so 2018 African Street Festival is where it went down and uh, we've been, we've been stuck like glue ever since. So um, it's, it's been beautiful. She's a Pisces. I'm an Aquarius. We're both high energy people. So it's, <laughs> The house is is. is I, always, I already know it's always trying to get down from it. It's hard. I, I've been on my podcast for a minute oh. now. Oh, okay. Oh I gotta go over here. Nah, just oh my god. I always see her running this way. I know. I know. She's man. Here, and she gone. I'm like, <laughs> I begin to think you weren't real. I'm like, I don't. Oh man! Damn, my imagination. Oh, like, I feel like please. I see it, and I don't see it. <laughs> like, <am> I tripping? <laughs> oh man, not at all, bro. Not at all. I'm so like I said, I'm so happy. Finally, we're we're sitting down and being able to do this. So this was. Oh great. yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I want to talk about her a little bit more um, because Absolutely. it is um, a same-sex relationship, and yep. another stereotype is like the LGBTQ community mm -hmm. is not 
a highly favored community in mm -hmm. some African culture. So I was like, I how was that navigating that? Um, your story of being growing up, yeah. you obviously probably had this conversation with your family. How did that go? And how yeah. did you this relationship with Babe, whose name is, I don't want to keep calling her Babe. Like, I want to. Marquita. <laughs> Marquita, yes. Yes. That's not the Marquita. Um, I know. I say that a lot, babe. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, everyone, meet babe. What is babe's name? <laughs> I know it's not babe. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. But yeah, but yeah like, how so, was that? Mm -hmm. So a great question. So uh, I want to say it was actually um, great that you asked and brought that up because it's something that I also was, was you know, kind of experiencing as I went along. So um 2019, no, I'm sorry, November of 2018, after about us being together for about two months, I was like, hey, let's let's make plans to go to Ghana together. Mind you, I've never taken anyone that I've been dating to Ghana with me. Um, so it's it's a special thing for me. So I, I felt, I still continue to feel good about her, uh, Marquita. Um, she's definitely a special person to me. So, um, but yeah, I'm trying not to tear up. Here we go. So I took her to Ghana. And I was kind of nervous how my family would react and how they would receive her and, and see her and I as well. So um, my aunts, um, one of my aunts is real close to me and I, I, I introduced them and they, they basically become family within seconds. Like she embraced her, she loves her, she asked about her um, to the point where the family orchestrated a naming ceremony for Marquita. So yeah, so she was given the name Abena which is Tuesday born daughter um, uh, through, through the Ashanti. And I was just like, this is dope to be able to go to Ghana and have my fiance, girlfriend at the time, uh, be embraced by my immediate family members. Of course, not all of my family was warm welcoming to her. Um, there were some that were, um, and it still are, you know, weird towards me because I am, you know, a lesbian. So they're like, oh yeah, you just need to go talk to Jesus. And, you know, go, go marry a man and have children. You'll be fine. You know, so it's just like that. I don't have time for that energy. <laughs> I, I got you. You know, you can say what you want to say. I don't have to hear that shit. So keep that shit and keep it moving. So, um, but yeah, it's just, um, it's beautiful. The, the people that mattered were the ones that were there and are still there for, for both Marquita and myself um, through our union and, the fact that we're we're two ladies that love each other, um, and we we welcome love. Love lives here, literally, is what our door our doormat says. And you know, we we just yeah, it was it was it was definitely something I was nervous about for that uh, plane ride from Nashville to New York to Accra, Ghana. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm about oh, to take oh. my girlfriend to Ghana. Can you imagine? Like this is crazy. So. I'm not gonna lie, I was nervous um, about, you know, in some situations where we're like walking out in public, holding hands, showing public displays of affection. So I wanted to kind of be a little apprehensive and, and be a little proactive with just, you know, keeping, um, just being aware and alert about around my uh, area and my babe and making sure we're safe. Um, because even though Ghana is a safe country, I don't know what people's intentions are. I, I can't read everybody's minds. So. Right. You know, I just want to make sure we're good and not being, you know, um, too oblivious to what's going on around us. So, I got gotcha, you. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. And I love how you just 
really emphasize love and y'all's relationship yes. and amongst family. And I want to yeah. um, talk more, go a little bit more, um, especially going to the story of like Threads by Dreads, um, mm -hmm. talking about, um, you mentioned it earlier, you have the foundations and mm -hmm. reaching out to Ghana. Um, I kind of just want to talk about like um, your inspiration a little bit more about Threads by Dreads, like Mm -hmm. Was it just something like outside of the scarf? Did you see anything else besides needing just wanting a scarf? Or you, you see like there's no connection yeah. amongst like black people to Africa in any kind of way. And this is the best I can do is create this. Like what yeah. was that deeper story behind you just needing the scarf? Yeah, it was really because I didn't see it being represented in the stores. So the fact that I, I didn't see something that I wanted to wear in the stores that I shopped at at the time was frustrating for me. Um, and I wanted more out of my wardrobe. <laughs> you know, I'm not a great shopper for myself, probably. So, you know, to be able to, to design something and sketch it out and pick your own fabric and make it come to fruition was, was something that was a plus. And I didn't, I definitely didn't see anything past having a scarf. So to have mom's vision, um, and, and her being that, that visionary person, it was just like a light bulb went on, you know, and it was just like, wake up. You actually have something more that you can, you can show us and bring out um, from Ghana and whatever it is that you're trying to work towards. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, yeah, I always love um, talking about, like, find the gap in the market. And yes. Usually, always the gap is representation, whether it's in Correct. clothing, like you said, or yes. in beer. Like, yep. you'll see hip hop inspired beer, but like, yeah, drinking the beer, right? What you see the Chad, Pauls, the Sarahs, and the Jacqueline's drinking it and loving it, but like, you don't see yes. black people in there. So, yes. um, preach about it. I always like making sure, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, having that representation is huge. Representation, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, kind of speaking on that representation and talking about mm -hmm. uh, your foundation and things like that. Um, but yeah, like I just totally forgot my question just that quickly. Uh -oh. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> but um, maybe it'll I come can speak back. A little bit more on on representation while you're is still like. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Definitely, just talking about like. Yeah. Oh, here's my question. Is oh like, there it is. <laughs> you were coming up with these designs. Yes. Were you the one drawing them, or did you have someone draw up stuff for you? Just yeah. kind of. And yeah. Do you still do that now? Do you do your own designs, or you still outsource yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. So it basically came down to me just sketching stuff out on my Note Eight Galaxy. Yes, it was an Android. Um, that's that's where it started <laughs> on Androids. <laughs> so um, using that and and playing around with what it looks like on digital paper but not actually knowing how this will look on someone, right? Like the mechanics of this shirt. Can it actually have a zipper here and someone be able to get their body into the shirt? Or can I make a shirt without any zipper or any buttons and someone get into it? No, it's not realistic. Like, you know, the cotton fabric that we use for printing our fabric does not stretch. So, um, you know, just to figure out those logistics, I wanted to learn more about what makes fabric into a garment like how does this logistically work how does this look on someone you know how does this move with them 
Um, so um, in addition to doing that, I wanted to, of course, seek out as much knowledge as I possibly could. So I went and enrolled at um, Sewing Training Academy um, off of 28th Avenue, North Nashville. Um, it's held at the Magruder Center, to be or not, ran by Catholic Charities um, for this particular program. And right. went, went and, and, and dug deeper into learning more about sewing. So um, did about a year, maybe nine months to a year there of, of learning um, the fundamentals of sewing, sewing machine, using a straight stitch sewing machine, and, and actually being able to see that it takes a whole lot to make this sketch on your phone come to life and make it look like an actual outfit or, or a piece of clothing someone can wear. Um, you know, thread, uh, the different types of linings, fabric, whatever other things you want to add to it to give it that flavor. So, um, so sometime I will use um, my uh, uh, inspirations from Sewing Training Academy in addition to as far as sketching. Uh, I do all the sketches myself. Um, but there are times where I'm just like, hey, let's just make something that's just ready to wear, um, something that's similar to these visionary things that I've, I've gathered ideas from and just make it make it come together. So, but yeah, I still to this day still use my phone to sketch out designs, which I don't know if it's good or bad, but it seems to be working just fine so far. And you know, if you ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I totally understand that. And, yeah. um, I did want to jump into the foundation. Um, sure. Why did you create the foundation and what does the foundation do Absolutely. for the recipients? Absolutely. So I would say upon my mother's um, one year um, transcending anniversary, the year after she passed, um, I went back to Ghana. I go to Ghana regularly. I haven't been in a couple of years because of COVID. But I went back 2016, it was April, and I said, I want to go to the slave capsule and see um, what my ancestors have to tell me. I want to listen to what um, messages they left for me at the slave capsule. Um, so I went, traveled to Cape Coast, uh, which is, I don't even think it was that far away, probably like maybe two or three hour drive. Um, and I was, I was shook. My whole core was shook. Um, I, I totally didn't um, understand how at the castle there was a church, a Presbyterian church right on top of the slave dungeon. And this was a Christian church. So it was just like, that also was like a back slap to, you know, the religion that we were brought up in. My mother was, was Presbyterian, but I've always been kind of weary about praising white Jesuses and shit. So um, I, I never understood it. I, I still don't know too much about, you know, being a Christian, so to speak. So mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't say I'm a Christian, even though I, I do believe that, you know, there is a higher power out there. Um, but I'm still conflicted about some things. You know, why'd you take my mother away? You know, she served you all her life. And, you know, she was a devout Christian, everything. And where were you, you know, type of thing. So but other than that, um, get back to the slave castle. Um, I basically, you know, took the tour and was crying and weeping for everyone that was lost, everyone that was stolen, everyone that was murdered, everyone that was neglected, everyone that was abused. Um, and I, I basically said to myself, there's no reason why I can't do more than just make clothing. There's no reason why I also can't, I can't do this, you know? So <clears throat> they sacrificed, our ancestors sacrificed so much. So I wanted to be able to say thank you 
um, to the generations that, that they bear fruit to. So um, the reason behind Threads by Dreads Foundation was um, kind of like an ode to our ancestors of Ghana, in addition to my mother and father as well, um, that basically, you know, sacrificed so much as well, too, for me to be here, for my siblings to be here, um, and to have the life that we had. We weren't rich, you know, we weren't living in a three-floor house, or whatever you want to say. We were very frugal, you know, very practical family, and um, put it like this, you buy something, it better have 18 different uses before we <laughs> do anything. It's not just... Multi-use. Yes! Maybe <laughs> five and one. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, with my mother's legacy, my dad's legacy, and and learning more about what and who I am, um, visiting the Cape Coast Slave Castle is is the birthing of the Dreads by Dreads Foundation. Um, that That basically was what I use as a springboard to create the foundation to give back, uh, not only to folks in Ghana, but also to folks here in Nashville as well, too. We do a lot of partnering up with local organizations and volunteering events as well, too, that I don't usually do good at sharing stuff on social media, but uh, we do a lot of behind the scenes stuff, but it's it's definitely going to be changing soon where I need to be uh, getting more active with sharing sharing stuff. But but yeah, that's that's a rundown of the foundation. Okay, and um, the recipients of these foundations for your mother and your dad, um, yeah. what does that go to and how does it help the students? Um, Absolutely, yeah. Their respective fields. Absolutely. So the way that works, the way we fund the foundation is when we're doing pop-up events um, and also when folks are like uh, purchasing from the website as well too, 10% of sales goes towards our foundation. Like it's an automatic deduction. And with that, we're able to help out students that are either in college, high school, or, t or taking classes at a technical trade school. So um, this past year, we, we awarded, back in 2021, um, June, we awarded nine students that were in college um, to complete their college degrees. So um, I didn't think that we would be doing that. I, I thought we were just going <laughs> to sponsor a child every now and then. I didn't, first of all, I didn't know we could even do that, okay? Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> is honestly the best school because you can learn all the most practical things. Sometimes you learn super random odd things. You're like, I didn't know I needed to know that, but apparently yeah. you do. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so, so, yeah, right. So, so, yeah. But as as far as tuition goes, usually whenever we're we're um, taking in applications, we go through the applications one at a time. Me and mm -hmm. myself and and our um, one of our board of directors, um, and we're just looking through and, and listening to these students' stories. You know, these folks come from all backgrounds. Some of them are the first gen to go to college, go to high school. So they're the first ones in their family to complete that, even though they have other siblings that may be older, younger, or whatever the case. So it's important. It's important to hear them out and to understand um, why we're here to help, you know, what our purpose is. So whenever uh, folks purchase with our apparel line, 10% goes towards our foundation, helps out students complete their, their those degrees as far as technical training, college, or high school. Um, high school education in Ghana is not free in addition to your elementary middle school it's not free at all um there are oh, wow. some programs that the government um tried to implement i don't know if it's still going on as we speak now um where they were trying to help high school students um i think it was like maybe 
10th and 11th grade, so to speak, uh, with free high school. But we're still here. We're still here helping those students. So I, I really don't know how successful it is. Um, um, but I do know, you know, President Nana Kufado has, you know, stood his ground on saying, hey, you know, uh, we don't need your handouts. Uh, he didn't say that to me personally, but he said that, you know, like it was a, a press conference he did with the uh, French prime minister. And it was like, yeah, we don't, we don't need your money. We good. But then again, you say that as a president of a country, but you still have folks that are in cities like Nuwa and cities like Kumasi um, that, you know, need help, that really need help. Like, so um, that that's the reason why we keep doing what we do. So this, the scholarships cover their tuition, their school mm -hmm. fees, uh, room and board, any fees associated with their tuition costs. It, it covers all of that. Um, so and that covers that, over just in students over in Ghana or can someone Let's say I go back to school. Could I apply? No. Yeah. So the thing is, it's, it's only in Ghana for right now. Okay. You know, the tuition out here ain't no yeah, joke. <laughs> like, I'm still, move I'm, to Ghana look, and apply. If that's the case, let, <laughs> let me apply. I need a scholarship, <laughs> too. Highlight. <laughs> Shoot, I'm still, I'm still paying on my student loans as we speak. You know? Right. Um, and I Come still on, I still don't know what the hell I learned at that college. I went to Trebekah Nazarene. Shout out to what they doing over there. But I still am not using any of that uh, curriculum that I learned over there. So <laughs> to any of my life. Use like 5%, maybe 10% every now and then. No, I don't even know. I don't even know. YouTube, podcasts. <laughs> um, what is it? Google learning. Free learning as much as possible. Bro, it's, it's yeah. I, I can't sit up here and say I, I suggest, you know, my nieces and nephews to go to college. Unless it's for like a specialty you know, experience or something, but business, bro, just go open your own LLC or something or start your own business and figure it out. And just Get a network. mentor. Yes. <laughs> network and read and yes, so get people's up. faces all day. Well, you really can't be in pay people's faces because the panor panorama is still around. That's right. But yeah. they got an email. <laughs> <laughs> they got a website somewhere you can right. contact. Them. They got social media. Right. And things like that. Um, yeah. So you feel like for the success of um, Threads by Dreads, mm -hmm. you found felt like you felt you feel more success when you're able to be out in front of people, or you kind of rely on the education. You kind of answered it, but like yeah. where you feel like most of success and most of your experience from? Um, as far as like with the parent line or with the foundation, like the success oh, of the parent like line, with oh, Threads okay. by Dreads as the yeah. line and as the foundation. Yeah, I think what draws people in is the is the clothing line, but it, it adds more value when they find out that we do a lot more than just clothes. Like, you know, we're actually reusing some of the fabric that we we actually discard, you know, like our fabric remnants, our scraps. We actually use some of that and donate it to artists here in town to use for their artwork. So it, it is like oh okay cool in addition to that oh you guys also give back to students in ghana what just for me buying this fanny pack yo take this money right <laughs> so, take it all <laughs> yeah it's, and it's it's so beautiful it really is um and I've, I've still got a lot to learn when it comes to um manufacturing merchandising and retail apparel and having ready wear all that stuff but um i'm excited to see how people react and how they um accept and react to 
you know, the clothing, you know, to see that, hey, these are different um, spins that we're putting on your everyday wear, uh, African wear. So, uh, you know, just trying to make it to where it's more um, common. You know, it's not just clothing for Black History Month. You know, I'm black 365 damn days a year. So I'm aware yes. what makes me feel good. <laughs> I got you. I got you. And yeah. I kind of want to talk about your designs on your clothes um, and just kind of like the inspiration. Is it just kind of like you putting these shapes together and colors together and they Bro. look good? Or is it because of like, because sometimes like dashikis, for yeah. example, like yeah. dashikis represent different things. Mm -hmm. Do you try to have your designs represent different things? Or are you like, oh, that's just a dope ass design? Yeah. yeah. Um, colors at it. Absolutely. So I, I am definitely um, an addict of fabric. Um, Marquita can speak to this and she can also be like, every time we go home, she's like, Oh, so this is where you've been hiding all that fabric at, huh? So, <laughs> um, but I, I definitely look at, I look at fabric. I look for geometric shapes. I look for natural uh, uh, themes of nature, right? Like your plants, your flowers, um, uh, you know, the sun, the moon, things of that nature, um, animals. Um, but for the most part, when it comes to um, meaning behind some, there are some fabrics that are used for celebratory things like um, your kente. Um, in addition to that, you have some fabrics that have the, the colors in the fabric mean things as well. So for um, Ashanti, sometimes Ashanti tribe folks may wear red, it's like a bright red uh, with black sometimes, or they just wear red, solid reds. Um, so I try to stay away from colors that are just for that particular thing. Like if it's something for a funeral, I'm not going to get that fabric and be like, hey, um, I'm going to make a whole line of clothes out of this fabric because it feels, it feels weird to me, but if somebody wants it, you know, here you go. Definitely, you know, could do whatever you want to do with it. But um, I try to, I try to ask questions about the significance of the fabric, the meanings behind the fabric as well too. Um, just so that I'm able to, to make sure that I'm protecting my culture as much as I can and, and not watering it down or making it to where I'm just producing mad shit. And you know, here you go. So, right. Yeah. And I know you do custom colors um, mm -hmm. and custom designs. Um, yeah, batik and tie-dye. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then yeah. um, with the custom design, someone tells you whatever design, like, I want something. Sure. For an after, like our wedding reception and we yeah. want something like that. Does that, like, inspire certain colors? Like, you think about like, oh, they're doing something for a wedding. Yeah. I'm going to do something that imitates like a Ghanaian wedding and mm -hmm. the colors they use for those traditionally. Like, do you try to incorporate yeah. those or you just like, yeah. whatever the person tells you, this is the color I want and you just got to, or do you try to guide them like, hey, like, since you're doing it for a wedding, Ghanaian mm -hmm. weddings usually have these colors. This is the mm -hmm. colors I'm going to do for that. Mm -hmm. Or even for, you can even have it for a funeral or like graduation and things mm -hmm. like that. Like, how does that situation in that person's life inspire the colors and materials and the style you make things in? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I tend to rely more on what the person that um, is getting the work done. I rely on what their what their expectations are and what they would like. So I do ask a ton of questions, especially when it comes to details, um, so so that I'm able to understand 
and make sure I can see it before we actually produce it. Um, in some cases, the fabric is, is not an issue, but there are some instances where uh, nowadays some um, some Ghanaian weddings actually also, you know, they're, they're wearing suits now, you know, so it's like, it's dope. But then they'll, they'll have a traditional wedding and then they'll have a, um, like a, a Western traditional wedding, so to speak, theme. And then they'll also have like a Ghanaian wedding type of style. So you'll have, you know, the kente, you'll have both the husband and wife or whoever the, the, the married couple is, it's both are, are wearing kente, draped, you know, chiseled to perfection. So, but um, I, I tend to go whatever, you know, the artist or not artist, excuse me, whatever the um, client wants. But I also try to put in some ideas like, hey, think about this. Like if you put this here, this is what it's going to look like. Or how about we stick within colors that are, you know, within this range of colors because of this time of the year. Um, or pertaining to, you know, like you said, the wedding, they may have their own theme. So are they the best woman, groom, bride, whatever the case is, um, try to make stuff that makes sense so that you're not like looking crazy at this wedding or whatever <laughs> function it is. Um, and having niggas coming at my neck and talking about some, hey, why did you make this tea for this pestle? Hmm? You know, so yeah, yeah, try to try to do it, make it make sense, so. I gotcha. I gotcha. Um, yeah. that's, that's awesome. But yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking at my glass. It's empty. Um, oh, I definitely want, I need to refill <laughs> that. And I definitely want to get into more of our conversation. Sure. Um, it's kind of going beyond the story and um, in the second part. And we'll get into that. But um, I'm going to fill up my second glass. We're okay. going to get into part two here in okay. like a couple minutes. Okay, no problem.